When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. Well, today is July 30th, 2020, and it is officially National Whistleblower Appreciation Day. The Continental Congress unanimously enacted the first whistleblowing legislation on July 30th, 1778. Congress has since designated July 30th as National Whistleblower Appreciation Day. So if you've got some dirt on a co-worker or a boss or a customer or anyone you're affiliated with, and you want to be appreciated for it, today's the day to blow the whistle. We're going to talk about a different topic in just a few moments. Phrases and words that are considered racist. Stick around. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I I think we forgot to introduce somebody. Oh, we did. We did. We did. We, we brought our robot drummer, Steve, along. He, he gets left out a lot. He came out with us on a few Crowder Band tours a long time ago. Me and a couple friends who were in engineering school built Steve. And he wore out. We made it to Thursday, July 30th, 2020. Perhaps it's time for everyone in America to simply stop speaking. Why? Well, because supposedly every phrase, every noun, every verb, every adjective, every adverb, every descriptor, every word you say can and will be used against you as offensive to one group or another. So for your listening pleasure or displeasure, I've compiled a list of things that I've been informed might just be considered offensive. Master bedroom, master bathroom, master closet. Apparently, anytime you use the word master, it allegedly offends black people because it has connotations to slavery, where black people were slaves working for white masters. I guess they failed to realize and understand that there were many white slaves and many black masters. Supposedly, the term was first used in a 1926 Sears Roebuck catalog to describe the largest private bathroom in a two-story home. Yes, people, someone actually researched this so they could make it about race. When referring to computer servers, there's a master server and multiple slave servers. That's terminology that's been used since computers were invented, but the butthurt crowd now has demanded, and some computer manufacturers and programmers have changed the names from master and slave to primary and replica. How sweet. The expression sold down the river. You know, when your coworker blames you for something that they did. Well, this harkens back to a quote, bad slave, unquote, being sold 
to the plantation down the river. So it's offensive. You ever heard of a white paper? Why white? White papers are considered so-called authority in communications, so a white paper is now considered a racist term. Isn't that sweet? How about being blacklisted or on the blacklist? Ooh, that television network needs to watch out. They had a show called The Blacklist. Well, when someone is on your bad side, they're added to your blacklist. When an employee screws a company over, they're added to the do not rehire list, the blacklist, as it's called. Saying black, somehow, by a white person, is racist. In computer language programming, blacklist is a list of functions not allowed, and a white list is a list of functions that are allowed. According to the race-baiting community, it promotes an age-old segregationist era practice of whites only allowed in certain restaurants. You ever heard the term red with anger? That is anti-Native American. You must stop using that phrase. How about the term sweating like a slave? Well, unless you're black, apparently you can't use this expression because in the history of history, supposedly only black folks were ever slaves. Tell that to German Jews or Chinese railroad workers in America or the Irish or the Italians. I could go on, but this is making me sweat like a, uh, um, it's making me perspire. You ever heard the term peanut gallery? Racist. What? Why? Well, this phrase refers to the cheap seats that black people could afford at the vaudeville. And it's sometimes used to describe hecklers, but supposedly it is racist because back in the 19th century, it was the section of a theater where the black folks sat and they sold peanuts only as a concession. In other areas, the more affluent, the more expensive seats, you could buy popping corn. The term peanut gallery was first documented in the New Orleans Times-Picayune newspaper way back in 1867, years after slavery was abolished. Howdy Doody used the phrase in his 1940s radio show and his 1950s television show. He used to say, quiet in the peanut gallery. And some say that, at least if it's not racist, it's definitely classist. All right, boys and girls, put your children in timeout because they are racist if they, or you for that matter, ever use the term eeny, meeny, miny, mo," Come on, you know why. Who do you catch by the toe? Admit it. Who did you catch by the toe? The man who wrote the poem to teach children about choosing in a group of people referred to a tiger. Rudyard Kipling said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo," Catch a tiger by the toe. But apparently, some groups of people decided to substitute tiger with a popular word that begins with the letter N. Popular, of course, in the rap community. Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hip, hooray! Racist? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Racist. It relates to an anti-Semitic demonstration in Germany where Germans cheered hip, hip as a way to herd German Jews out of their homes. Hooray is an exaltation, so when you put the terms hip-hip and hooray together, it effectively means move, move your slave ass, yippee, we're moving their slave ass. Wait, what? German Jews were slaves? White people? 
They weren't black? I, I thought I thought only blacks were slaves, ever. No, I didn't. I knew that whites and Asians were also slaves. How about the term grandfather clause, or someone was grandfathered in? Yep, you guessed it. Racist. Allegedly, the term goes back to seven southern states during the Reconstruction era after the Civil War, where anyone who was able to vote before the year 1867 was exempt from new literacy tests being required to vote. And since blacks weren't freed until 1863 or 1865, depending on what slighted version of history you've read, blacks were excluded. Illiterate or uneducated whites, people who couldn't read, who had the right to vote before literacy tests were implemented, were allowed to continue. Thus, grandfathers of whites who couldn't pass the test were allowed to vote, but blacks could not because they did not have the right to vote before the tests. There's a bunch more, folks. We'll be right back. just Steve. Steven, 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 Steven. There, there's no end. My parents couldn't afford it. Steven. No, just Steve. Steven. No, just Steve. Steven, 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 Steven. Okay. The term, it's a cakewalk, is also considered racist. It usually means it's an easy task, a walk in the park, for example. But supposedly the cakewalk originated as a dance performed by slaves on the plantations. It was intended to be a mockery of the way white people danced by blacks, but plantation owners interpreted the dance moves to be how black people were unskilled at proper forms of dance. They would often hold contests where their slaves would dance in competition with the winner getting a cake. How cruel cake on a plantation? I guess having your cake and eating it too will also soon be considered offensive. The term lynch mob has also been co-opted by the black community, meaning that lynching apparently only happened to black people. Now we all know the term means an attack by a group of persons upon a person and hanging that person. We know that white people were lynched, you know, hung or hanged in the public square for their crimes. Look at any old Western movie, Hang 'em High, for example, where you can still, if you can find one, see a black person watching in the crowd as a white man was hanged by the neck until he was dead, dead, dead. Bank robbers, train robbers were often hanged at high noon, but because some black people were also hanged for committing crimes during the slavery era, the blacks have co-opted the term lynch mob and any reference to a noose as being racist. The term uppity, supposedly a term used by white people in the Democrat Jim Crow era to describe blacks who were too big for their britches or were disrespectful of white Democrats. Hmm. Being arrogant or belligerent or disrespectful was considered uppity. The term was used to describe Barack Hussein Obama and his mate by some journalists, and supposedly the British tabloids currently refer to Meghan Markle as being uppity. To blackball an employee 
is racist. The connotation of black is bad, white is good is evidently offensive to some people. The term cracker, it is offensive to whites, but who cares, it's only white people, right? Originally used by black slaves to describe their owners, their masters, cracker refers to the leather whips used to keep slaves in line. Cracking a whip at an uppity slave was a warning to get in line or get back to work. The whip cracker was generally a heavy-handed slave tender or owner on a larger plantation. And the slaves shortened the name to cracker. Some white people still think of the term cracker as a compliment because to be called a cracker by a black person describes the white man in a manner of superiority or control. As I warned earlier in the program, the word master when referred to bedroom, bathroom, or closet is considered offensive to black people. The Masters PGA tournament I warned you about earlier was being pressured to go another way with their name. The name the Masters tournament goes all the way back to 1934, you know, because the people who mastered the art of golf, those who became the pinnacle of their profession, decided it would be a good name to say they were the masters of their craft. Currently there are calls for the Augusta National Golf Club in Georgia to change the name of the Masters. Hell, they dropped the requirement that all caddies be black. They no longer exclude blacks or women. But the butthurt crowd will likely see the name change soon, as all sports seem to be pandering to minority groups. I've never heard of the term the itis, but apparently it's something young folks are using now as a substitute for the phrase food coma. You know, food coma, that one I've heard of experienced, you know, that feeling of wanting to take a very long nap after eating a large Thanksgiving Day meal. Well, now the term food coma or the itis is considered racist because its origins allegedly go back to a time where laziness was stereotypically associated with African Americans. To jip someone or to be jipped, ripped off, stolen from, cheated, is racist. And it refers to gypsies who were peddlers of goods and often swindled people for money. Jip equals racist. How about the paddy wagon? You know, the police car, the van that transports criminals to jail when they commit a crime? Racist. But not in the way you might think. It's racist against white Irishmen. Patty or paddy was a term for Irish people, which derived from the name Patrick, as in St. Patrick. Paddies in many northeastern towns became policemen, you know, Irish cops. So their vehicles were referred to as paddy wagons. Hooligans, a bastardization of the surname Hulahan, which was featured in an Irish pub song about a rowdy Irish family. The word hooligan is racist. Earlier this month, I told you that Eskimo Pie, the popular vanilla ice cream bar with a chocolate coating, would be changing their name because, after all, Eskimo is racist. The term actually comes from the Danish word, which mirrored the Algonquin Indian uh, indigenous people word, meaning eaters of raw meat or snowshoe netter. Eskimo generally refers to the Inuit indigenous people 
in North America and even in Siberia. So don't say Eskimo, it's bad. If you've ever heard someone called a Cretan, that too is offensive. It's a derogatory term which we now use to describe stupid or insensitive people, but it was actually a mispronunciation of Christians. If you've ever heard someone called a basket case, in World War I, a soldier who lost legs and arms would be stuck in a litter or a basket to get them to medics for treatment. So basket case originally did not mean nut job or wacko. How about spastic or spaz or spasmoid? It's a derogatory term for the R word, retarded. Oops, I said the R word. Retarded is actually defined as being somehow held back or slowed. Originally, spastic paralysis was a medical term for people with cerebral palsy. The word cannibal? Yep, you guessed it, racist. The term describes people from the tribe cannibales, the Caribs in the West Indies. They actually ate each other. No, not in the sexual context. You know, in the Jeffrey Dahmer, Hannibal Lecter kind of way. Pass me a leg, will you? Mumbo Jumbo. Yep, racist. From the African god Mamu Jambu, Mandika Bales used to dress up like the god, solve domestic disputes, and to abuse their wives. Mumbo Jumbo. How appropriate. Before Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear, British colonial soldiers used the term Fuzzy Wuzzy to describe dark-skinned, curly-haired East African tribesmen as Fuzzy Wuzzies. You ever hear the phrase, no can do? Racist. It was used as a way to mock Chinese broken English in the mid-1800s. No can do. Moron. Originally not an insult, but a medical term for denoting a person with a mild disability. There's more to come, so stick around. You know those thoughts that are eating away at your brains? Steve Z is letting them out. Refreshing, isn't it? This is the Truth Hurts program. We're back with more offensive phrases and words. Rule of thumb. Not racist, but offensive nonetheless. England had a law on the books back in the 1600s that said a man could beat his wife with a stick as long as the stick was no wider or bigger around than his thumb. Thus, the rule of thumb. Drink the Kool-Aid. First of all, Kool-Aid has been turned into a racist term for what black kids like to drink, supposedly. Hey, I'm white. I love Kool-Aid and have been drinking it since I was a child. Kool-Aid is not racist. The term drink the Kool-Aid doesn't even have racist connotation. It refers back to the Jim Jones cult in Guyana back in the 1970s where this nut job convinced an entire group of followers to think he was the second incarnation of Christ and convinced them all to drink poison-laced Kool-Aid punch so they could sleep peacefully as they transitioned to the afterlife. They all died. So the term drink the Kool-Aid now refers to any group of people 
with an unwavering loyalty or belief system that is fundamentally flawed. You know, like people buying into the flawed ideology of socialism or Marxism or Joe Bidenism. How about the phrase, long time no see? Racist. William F. Drennan used the phrase, long time no see, in a novel to describe an encounter with an Indian. Feather, not dot. Oops, I mean, in an encounter with a Native American. Nope, nope, that's racist too. In an encounter with an indigenous native of this stolen land. Yeah, that's better. It says, I knew he recognized me when we rode up to him and he said, good morning. Long time, no see you. So you see, it is racist to mock the broken English used in the greeting. Long time, no see, racist. Cat got your tongue? Offensive. The English Navy used a whip called the Cat of Nine Tails to flog victims. And the pain inflicted was allegedly so intense that the victims couldn't even scream or speak. Wait a minute, ships? English, Navy, conquerors, whips, victims, racist. The word hysteria is offensive. Hippocrates, you know, the guy from Greek, the medical guy, the Hippocratic Oath. Back when almost all medical issues were treated with either lobotomies, heavy drugs, or amputations, doctors used the term hysteria as a medical explanation for nearly every sick female they came across. The idea for this diagnosis derived from Hippocrates' own belief that women's issues were caused by, quote, wandering uterus, unquote, due to them being deprived of sexual pleasure. If you've ever heard the term, the tipping point, know that it is racist. It goes back to decision-making processes where change could not be stopped. It goes back to the 1950s and the 1960s, where white people in mostly white neighborhoods had an instant tendency to stick up the for sale sign when a certain percentage of houses became occupied by black folks, also known as white flight. The word boy, B-O-Y, a noun, a young male child of any race. Nope, not anymore boy is racist because black men were supposedly described as boy to indicate that they were subservient like a boy child and were not on equal playing fields to the adult white men. If you've ever heard the term going off the reservation, it's racist. Indians, feathers, not dots. Well, Native Americans. No, 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 that's not right. Indigenous native peoples of this stolen land were granted sections of land reserved for them by the conquering evil American government. And when they, the indigenous, left indigenous, when they, the indigenous, left the reservation and went into town on a bender, they often engaged in violent behavior. Thus the term off the reservation came to be known as any rash decision or loss of one's control. If you've ever heard the term spinster, it's not what you might think. A spinner of yarn was a menial job, and for an untalented or uneducated or unrefined female in England, most were lower class and unwed, relying on the job of spinning yarn to eke out a living was their manner 
of an inmate. The word thug, T-H-U-G, Merriam-Webster defines it as a violent criminal of any race or nationality. But, looking for another way to call everyone a racist, the black community has hijacked this word by saying it's a code word for the N-word, since the N-word is bad. They can say the N-word, but that's okay. You cannot. They say the word thug is bad because, you know, it directly correlates to the N-word. Ronald Reagan coined a phrase, or at least used it in his 1976 presidential campaign, where he tried to paint a mental picture of a woman driving a Cadillac who also collected welfare. He never said black woman. The number of white people on welfare was higher than the number of black people on welfare at that time, and probably still is today. The percentage of blacks on welfare was, and is to this day, however, much, much higher. So the black race baiters co-opted the term welfare queen, first used by Ronald Reagan, as a racial term against black women. You've heard of shuck and jive, obviously racist. According to an online etymology dictionary, quote, black slaves sang gleefully during corn shucking season, and this behavior, along with lying and teasing, became part of the proactive and evasive behavior normally adopted towards white people in traditional race relations." Unquote. Now it refers to Uncle Tom's selling out to the man, or where blacks agree with whites and their wishes. Uncle Tom refers to any black person who agrees with any white person on any topic, and any black person who has any unfavorable opinion of any black person or position. The term calling a spade a spade is not racist. In fact, it goes back to the year 120 AD, 120 years after Christ. It originally meant to call a gardening tool either a spade or a flat-bladed shovel, meant for gardeners so that they would use the proper term for obtaining the proper tool. This too was hijacked by black people to refer to blacks as using shovels, you know, spades to do the work for the white man. It's equally derogatory to use the word black as the ace of spades. Telling a person of color that they are articulate or complimenting him on speaking well or eloquently is just like saying, y'all don't normally speaks too good, which you sure is getting better at it. Vandal means a filthy German. Saying, sorry, wrong person, that means racism. What? If you are an underrepresented minority, stop, 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 stop. An underrepresented minority. Do you not see the sheer definition of that statement and its stupidity? If you are a minority, it means by its very definition that you are in a group smaller than the majority. Underrepresented? Stop, do the math. If 13% of America is black, and you are in a room filled with 100 people. Anytime there are 13 or more black people, they are not underrepresented. Sorry, nice try. If you happen to see someone from behind who is similar in appearance or in dress to another person and you mistake the two and make the error of saying, oh, sorry, wrong person, you are a racist. 
The answer is wait until they turn around and see their face to make sure you don't mistake Lakeisha for La Quanta or Mario for Luigi. The word ghetto was actually a definition of a poor Jewish neighborhood in Venice, Italy. Of course, another group of people have co-opted the term ghetto to mean an insult against black neighborhoods. The term Chinese whispers means inaccurately translated gossip, you know, like a gossip circle or a game of telephone. And of course, asking a person of color if that is their real hair is offensive and racist, but you can ask a white guy with a bad toupee if that is his real hair, and that is not supposed to be offensive. If someone tells you that they are gay or transgender, it is now considered bad form if you mention that you'd like to introduce them to another gay or transgender friend you have. People over 40 are offended when a younger person asks them if they even know what Snapchat is. And you men, don't you ever dare offer your opinion in any roundtable discussion or meeting where women are involved, or you could be accused of mansplaining. If a woman asks you for your opinion, then it's okay, but you must first make sure you give women full credit for the validity of their thoughts, and then humbly offer your opinion, making sure to tell the women that they were the inspiration behind your suggestion. You ever run into a situation where you can't pronounce a person's name because it's of a foreign descent or it involves 38 letters with clashing consonants and variable vowels? Well, you are a bigot. Ask in a subservient and ignorant way for them to please slowly and phonetically pronounce their name so that you, an ignorant person, can learn to say it properly and honorably. You might think asking Susie Chen what her ancestry is or where her family originated from would be a good way of getting to know Susie Chen. Or asking Maria Gonzalez what her family's national origin is. But that is also racist. How dare you? Susie might be a sixth generation American. But because her face has Asian features, you racist you. Maria might have just crossed the Rio Grande last week on a cardboard canoe, or her family might be Native American in origin, or they could have been here since the 1920s. You don't know. So by asking her, you are a racist. However, if you ask Yuri Andropov or Ari Steinberg or Mike Zablowski what their white ass origin is from, well, that's okay. According to Business Insider magazine, Latinos, Asians, and Indians, both dot and feather, fall into a class between black and white binary, and asking anyone about their country of origin is considered bad form. So you see, boys and girls, and all other fake genders out there, we should simply stop speaking to everyone. That's the best way to not offend anyone. The fact is, I'm offended every day, but that doesn't matter, right? Because I'm supposedly a white, privileged, racist, bigoted, conservative, heterosexual, Christian, cisgendered male, and my opinion means squat. And that, my friends, is the truth. And as always, sometimes the truth hurts. Music credit to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program recorded through the podcasting service Anchor.fm, the best way to podcast. Hey, Earl, it's me, J-Bob. 
What are you and Manny doing this coming weekend? Nothing. Nothing at all. Well, instead of staying to the house, why don't you come on down to Austin and watch the protest with me? It'll be fun, and it sure beats sitting over to your house watching Bubba make three hours of left-hand turns or losing another NASCAR race. Besides, they say the Blue Lives Matter car is racist, so they ain't a letting it run this weekend. I ain't watching no more NASCAR myself. Come on, Earl. Come on down to protest with me. I hear the snowflakes are whining about the cops, and the cops are going to use the real tear gas and rubber bullets and everything. I hear they got one in their water cannons, too. It's going to be so much fun watching those rioters are running away with their tails tucked between their legs. Hey, I'll bring the beer, the lawn chairs, and we can watch from the bed of my pickup. You know, the big black four-wheel driving with the blue line down the side. The one with the rolling coal smoker exhaust system, Charlie Daniels music a blaring, and my new train horn a blasting. Yeah, the one with the stars and bars flag in the bed. Like I said, Earl, it sure beats sitting to the house watching Chris Cuomo a to that television set again. All right, I'll see you there. The Austin, Texas Department of Tourism invites you downtown this weekend. It's going to be a riot. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hopefully, we have provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, but that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. That's how it works. When all is said and done, usually more is said than is ever done. So if you are actually going to go out and do something today, please make it a worthwhile endeavor. Until next time, this is the Truth Hurts Program.